So the foundation for this lesson actually came about a few years ago when I was invited to speak to uh, clinicians, therapists, psychiatrists with Orange County um, Behavioral Health. And in that lesson, that two hours actually, they wanted to know what they can do to help people heal on a holistic level. How can they incorporate spirituality into a person's emotional well-being? And I said, oh, I know all about that. You know, I know how, how we can make people better because what they're finding is that people, when they are in a crisis of emotional, for their emotional health, they go back to God. They go, whether they're Catholic, Protestant, evangelical, it doesn't matter. They usually will fall back to whatever their parents' religion was. And they were wondering, how can we incorporate this? Because they were telling people, you can't pray. It's not part of your therapy. It's not part of the healing process. But they found out that people were reluctant to, um, to go through therapy without incorporating some type of prayer, some type of spiritual ritual. So it's important that we understand that prayer plays a big part in our emotional well-being. And today, so we're going to talk about cultivating emotional health through prayer. So we know prayer is powerful, it's multifaceted, and it holds a central place in our lives as Christians. I think um, if you've been in church any length of time, you're going to understand that prayer is a big part of who we are. Even praying over our food, giving things over our food, yeah. praying before we go to sleep at night, praying when you, when you get up in the morning, coming to uh, Saturday morning prayer, Saturday evening prayer. Even during our Sunday morning experience, we are praying. So it's central to our lives as Christians. But beyond that significance, it has a profound effect on our emotional well-being. So we're going to delve into some of these uh, intricate relationships between prayer and our emotional health. And we're going to explore how prayer can serve as a transformative tool, all right, for nurturing and maintaining emotional well-being. So prayer isn't just something we do. But it's something, a tool that, that God has given us to maintain connection and relationship with him, but also to heal ourselves from the inside out. So we know what prayer is. Communication with God. It's that relationship with God that we so, uh, so, that we so greatly need. Even in the, uh, if you read Genesis, and I know you all have read Genesis, uh, what happened with Adam and Eve uh, every day. What do they do with God? Anyone? They talked and they walked with him. All right. So every day they were in communion with God and God since that time has longed for that relationship with his creation. He wants to hear from you. What would happen if your spouse didn't hear from you for several days or maybe once a month at prayer, school of prayer or something? What would happen? All right, that relationship would be fractured. It would be broken. Now, God doesn't leave us. However, we shouldn't only just rely upon God in the times of trouble, the times of heartache, the times of stress, all right? Because God is always there, and he's looking forward to that communication. So it builds that deeper relationship that we so desperately need as we draw closer to him. But one of the things I love about prayer is that we can express our emotions, our desires, and thoughts Without judgment to God, with, from God. God does not judge you by what you bring to Him. I can bring my sorrow. 
I can raise my voice at God. I can shake my fist at God. I can get upset. And God is not judging me. He's saying, let it all out, bro. Let it all out. Or let me hear what you have to say. And we understand the types of prayers. One of the most classic uh, types of prayers that we have taught for uh, decades in the church is the, the Acts type of prayer. The adoration, the confession, thanksgiving, supplication. These are great uh, tools and steps that we can use when we go into prayer so we can kind of follow a rhythm of what we're doing uh, when we are going to prayer. But one of the most important things is, is to have a balanced prayer life and to have a consistent prayer life. So what, what does that mean, to have a balanced prayer life? Well, for one, it needs to involve spiritual growth. We have to be growing. We have to continually be moving forward. Second, our emotional well-being, because it provides that outlet, like I said before, of expressing our emotions and seeking that healing that we so desperately need. And then maintaining perspective. How many have ever gone into a time of prayer and you left with a whole new perspective of what God wanted to show you. It changes your mind. The problem is still there. The circumstance is still there. However, we, we have a different mindset about it. We can look at it differently. Amen. All right. The glasses or whatever we had looking at it like this is trouble. This is a problem. It's totally different now. And cultivating that relationship that we need with God. So let's look at the interplay between prayer and emotional health. So what we've, we've seen in research recently is a thing called toxic, toxic stress. Toxic stress comes from when you were a child, uh, things that you went through. It could have been physical, emotional, verbal abuse. It could have been poverty. It could have been moving around. You're in a different school every couple of years, leaving your friends, leaving your family. There could have been uh, sickness. But this, does, this stuff doesn't leave a child that turns into an adult. This stuff stays. And this stuff comes into our church. It's not a problem. We can handle it. We can pray. We can provide counseling. However, what we're seeing now, and the church is a microcosm of what's out there in the world, right? The sicknesses, mental illness, all that stuff. All right, we're seeing it in the church even more powerful now because God has not changed. God has been God since the beginning, Amen. right? Since before time began. However, the church, we were not ready for what was coming. Now, we've always had, when I was growing up, it was a nervous breakdown. You remember that one? All right, somebody had a nervous breakdown. All right, what they're really saying was they were emotionally sick. They were mentally sick. And it's been in the church, but it's even more prevalent now. And what is the church doing? Now, I'm grateful for what this church has done um, the training and the uh, how the preaching and teaching has gone in this in this district, so the Southern California uh, district of the UPCI has done a great job. All right, but we need to understand that there is emotional sickness in our pews, and one of the ways that we can confront it and change it is through prayer. We can confront that toxic stress through prayer. So how do we how do we release some of that tension? How do we release some of that stress that has been brought on people? Well. Prayer is actually relaxation. Whoever here has started praying and fell asleep? That's like the best nap ever. You wake up, you have drool coming out of your mouth. All right? You're like, who saw me? Anybody hear me snoring? Or what, what happened? All right? But it just relaxes you when you move into that 
that, that, that time of prayer and you begin to, uh, it just releases the stress. It reduces your heart rate, re- lowers your blood pressure and decreases muscle tension. It's hard to be stressed out when you're praying. It's an emotional outlet. Again, we can give our worries, our fears, um, all of our, our darkest places, all of our, our hurt places, we can give them over to God. And it refocuses our attention. When you're praying, it's hard to focus on, on, uh, on the stressors in life. It's hard to focus on what's going on around us when we're praying. Uh, I, I love uh, what Pastor Koppel has said. When something comes to his mind while he's praying, he writes it down, say, I'm, I'll deal with it later. All right? So he can, he can go back to what he's doing. He can go back to his prayer. So it, it focuses our attention. All right? It refocuses from what the problem is that breaks the cycle. Of, and, uh, but what prayer does, it breaks the cycle of worry, and it offers a mental reprieve from stress. It also helps us to connect with God for comfort and solace. Many individuals turn to prayer as a means of connecting to God in times of emotional distress. When God is in the room, when you have an encounter with God, you do not leave the same way that you came into that session. I don't believe, I, I don't care if you were in here for five minutes, ten minutes praying, you are going to walk out of here different. Your circumstances, your problems are going to be there. They're not leaving. All right. However, you have been in a God encounter and you have been changed and you're going to walk out with a, a, a new uh, perspective of what's happening. Emotional expressions in prayer. So we can pour out our feelings. We can find relief and healing. So what is pouring out our feelings to God? It doesn't matter if it's sad or, or happy. You can tell God you're happy. God loves that too, just as much as I have a problem or I have a situation or I'm sad, he wants to hear about the good things, just like our, yeah. our, our uh, earthly father, our earthly parents would, you know, they would rejoice with us. So too does, I believe, God rejoices with us when we have happy things going on in life, yeah. right? When we have those, those things that we succeed at. Also in prayer, you may not be able to be authentic and really open with people around you, you know, because maybe you don't trust people, it's, it's hard for you to, you know, establish trust because of past or whatever. But you can be authentic with God. You can be real and honest with him. All right. And again, he's not going to judge you for your honesty. He's not going to judge you for being authentic. And you can be vulnerable. You can be completely open and, and, and spiritually naked before him. All right. Because when we share our emotions to God, it requires us to to take that cover off it take take that veil off okay when so when i sit in a session with somebody it's sometimes it's very difficult for me to to get in at first because they don't want to be vulnerable society today teaches no especially growing up you know i grew up with uh my dad's side of the family uh before his his generation they were farmers they were hardcore farmers same way with my my grandfather my mom's uh, dad, before that generation, they were hardcore farmers in southern Illinois. These men were not vulnerable. All right, They didn't share their feelings. I didn't grow up in the Cobb household in southern Illinois sharing my feelings. Uh-uh. If I share my feelings with my dad, get over it. That's just how it was. All right? So 
Uh, that was the masculinity from back then. And I think maybe as, as the world gets a little uh, further away from that, there's more acceptance, but still there's a tendency to, to hold it in and to keep it in and not be authentic and vulnerable and release those emotions. We also find relief in sharing burdens with God. Burden sharing is important. We can share our burdens not with just one another, but also with God. Because, again, He is going to, uh, once you start sharing, you're going to feel that load lighten as you begin to share what is going on. You're going to have that sense of connection. We may not have that sense of connection uh, strong like we used to. I, I think uh, iPhones and social media, uh, smartphones in general, email, all that stuff has really disconnected the entire human race from each other. That one one time we had that connection. You know, you didn't know who was going to be there until you got there, right? You, I mean, you didn't, there was no, there was no texting, you know, you call on the phone, hopefully they answered <clears throat> until caller ID and you know who would call and you didn't have to answer, right? But, <clears throat> but uh, you, you pick up that phone in the house, there's no texting, there's no email. All right. So uh, again, it brings a sense of connection. And of course, we talked about it already, that stress reduction. But there's nothing like God's comfort when we are honest and open in prayer. And there's no reason for us to hide anything from God in prayer because he already knows. He already knows before you come to him what's going on in your life. He already knows what you need. So it's okay. It's okay to sense the, to get that comforting presence and to be open because there's no safer place than in the presence of God. When people come through these doors for the first time, a lot of them, they don't have hope, they don't have peace, they don't have comfort. And what are they looking for? Something to give them that. They're looking for that safe place. And so the presence of God is the safest place, the most sacred place that you can be. And then there's healing that comes through that honest uh, prayer, that honest release. And then it strengthens our faith. When we begin to... uh, Feel God move, and and, and it's interesting. Uh, I can almost time it when I come in on Saturday mornings for prayer. I know about a certain time. All of a sudden, the crescendo is going to pick up a little bit. All right, because there, people have reached a point in prayer where it's now it's time for praise, it's time for thanksgiving, it's time for adoration. You can almost time it, and you feel up, and you feel a faith that has been renewed in people as they begin to share and be honest before God here. And then all of a sudden it's like they feel it. And now I'm going to give praise. I'm going to start giving God thanks. I'm going to start giving him the glory he deserves. Prayer provides a coping mechanism as we seek God's strength, gaining perspective and finding resilience. Who here has never been through a challenging time in their life? Anyone? Man. I'm sure many of us probably are going through a challenging time even today. All right, but through that challenging time, we can get that strength from God. When we're facing adversity, illness, loss, we have people in our church who are who are uh, have been diagnosed with cancer and, and diseases, those who have experienced great loss, even recently, all right, they're still getting that strength from God that they need and that renewed faith. And one of the most important things is empowerment. When God empowers you, right? What, 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 what did we, what were we promised that we would receive when we received the gift of the Holy Spirit? Power. Power. 
Okay, so that what prayer does, I believe it works in conjunction with the Holy Spirit and empowers us to face those challenges with a sense of purpose yeah. and most importantly, confidence. Yes, amen. There's nothing like going into battle confident. Confident in your training, confident in that everything that that's happened up until now has prepared me for this moment. I'm confident. I'm confident in my creator. I'm confident in God. All right. I know that I'm going to walk through trials. I know things are going to happen. However, I have been empowered with God's strength and I can overcome and find a way forward. We talked a little bit about this at the beginning, gaining perspective and resilience. So we have that perspective shift. We don't just have tunnel vision. We just don't uh, have that monocular vision where we're just focused so much on the issue. All right. But we see the issue as God sees the issue now. All right. We see ourselves as God sees us now. What it, what happened with the 10 spies when they went over into the promised land? What did they see? We saw giants. All right. Then we have two that came back and said, oh, this is the best place ever. Flowing with milk and honey. Look, look what's going on. You know, we are able to take this land. Yeah. But you had the 10. All right. Who had a who had that tunnel vision. They only saw the bad. All right. So we get that perspective shift. And then we have we learn new coping strategies, which is very important. All right. When we are going through a trial. All right. What are the, and we learn new problem solving skills. Okay. Sometimes it takes somebody to speak into our life. If you're here on Sunday morning, you're going to hear some coping strategies. You're going to hear some problem solving skills. You know, you talk to people who have been there, done that, got the T-shirt, the coffee cup. All right. They are going to help you with some of these problem solving skills. And then you're going to build resilience. If I stand here today and I drop an egg on this carpet, well, not only will pastor be mad at me, but what's going to happen to that egg? Break, right? If I drop a tennis ball, what's going to happen? I'd rather be the tennis ball. Right. And so when we're emotionally healthy and when our, our we have connected that with prayer and we have we we're dropped. All right. We're just going to bounce right back up. All right. We're going to be able to move forward because we have grown in our faith. We are. We have been empowered and we've learned from those experiences that I don't have to be the egg. All right. I can be the tennis ball. Yes. We gain strength and that perspective. I need a guy. I need guidance and wisdom every day. And I'm looking for peace and serenity. There's this famous uh, reel out right now uh, on Instagram. This guy sent her and says, I don't want peace. I want problems always. All right. I don't want problems always. I want peace and serenity. But my nature, my nature, all right, my personality, I don't know what it is, but I'm always looking for the, I'm always looking for the bad. All right. What bad's going to happen out of this? I don't know what it is. Maybe it's how I was raised. I don't know. Okay. I would tend to be a little more pessimistic. However, God is helping me. But, uh, you know, that peace and serenity that we need that comes through that prayer. All right. It gives that inner peace because when we pray, it's that inner stuff that starts coming out. Right. It's that deep, yeah. dark stuff that comes out. And then G and then God starts filling it with his peace and he starts filling it with his love and he he starts filling it with his his guidance and wisdom and then we can trust god's plan yes. when we have that confidence we can trust god in knowing that whatever happens it's in his plan right yeah now uh last year god blessed us to be able to buy a home 
I'm telling you, that's one of the most stressful things I've ever been. I've been through some stressful things in my life. I have never, I didn't know that buying a home would, would make me sick and stress me out. And, and uh, I remember talking to people like, I don't know. I, I'm at my wit's end. And finally, I remember that we were just like, God, this is yours. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I can't, I can't live like this anymore. We're just going to trust in your plan. And you know what? I didn't check my emails for several days. I didn't check my voicemails. I didn't want to hear anything. All right? And then next thing I know, I got a phone call. Hey, congratulations. So, but it, what, what this helped, this experience has helped me to learn is if it's, if it's God's plan, it's going to happen. God doesn't have plan B. All right? God has plan A. Now, sometimes it takes us a little longer to get to where God wants us to go because of what we do, right? But God always has a plan A. All right, and we can trust in his plan A. We can trust in his sovereignty, even when facing those troubles and trials. We can learn to surrender control and find peace and find comfort in his sovereignty. Amen. So we find resilience in those challenging times. All right, so again, emotional support in that provides, uh, prayer provides emotional support by allowing us to express our feelings, adaptive coping such as seeking support from our brothers and sisters in the church, practicing a sense of gratitude, and maintaining hope, which is very important. And, of course, a holistic well-being. What does that mean, the whole person concept? I don't believe Jesus died just to, just to, uh, to heal one part of our lives. All right? I believe he died that we, the whole person, could be saved, healed, and delivered. And that's what we preach here and teach here in this church and what we believe, all right, that Jesus died for the whole person. Okay, not just part. Amen. Amen. So we nurture positive emotions through prayer. All right, gratitude and joy, very important. When we're praying and, and towards the end, you know, we begin to lift God up and we begin to praise and we have that gratitude, we have that joy, we have that thankfulness. But we also, when, we, when we're practicing thankfulness, we have to remember that we're just, we're just not expressing gratitude, but we're acknowledging the blessings and the positive aspects of life. It's, a, it's, it's very easy to get into a time of prayer and start talking about all the negative that's going on. And what happens when you start talking negative? What happens? It, it becomes even more real to you, right? It becomes even more powerful. It become, can drag you down. You're like, I don't want to pray anymore. All right? So we have to remember to acknowledge those blessings. Remember that old song, uh, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One? Yeah. And then you're like, Man, I'm going and going and going. Wow, there's a lot of blessings out there, right, that, that God has given to us. So whether it's related to your health, your family relationships, opportunities, personal growth, express your thankfulness for these gifts. There's always something to be thankful for. Always something. Amen. And then what about, what about specific gratitude? You ever pray and say, God, thank you for everything in my life. Thank you for all the good. Well, how about being specific? Mention a particular thing or experience. So when I'm sitting in, some, in front of somebody and they, they can't seem to find anything good in their life, and they're like, well, yeah, there's some good. I, name a something specific. Give me something tangible that I can hold on to, and we can focus on that. And then we can start the healing process from there and, and move on to other things. All right, so be thankful for, you know, I, I, I have more shoes in my life than I've ever had. Ask my wife. 
I think she said she counted like 20-something pairs or more of shoes, maybe 30. I, when I was growing up, I had two pairs of shoes, three wow. pairs. I had cleats for football, I had tennis shoes for school, and I had dress shoes for church. And now I get overwhelmed when I look at all my shoes. Maybe I should just get rid of them, all right, and go back to the three pairs. But I thank God that I have shoes, all right? I thank God that I, and then I'll be specific, I, had, I thank God for a car. All right. I thank God for uh, I thank God for good health. You know, I, I just have to. And I believe that that spirit of Thanksgiving, that heart of Thanksgiving can only come from God because the world doesn't have it. They don't get they're not thankful for anything. All right. Everything to them is is uh, is it can they can throw it away and just move on to something else. Right. They're not thankful. They don't have time. They don't sit and just be thankful and have some gratitude. And of course, do it regularly. So that fostering that grateful heart is important for emotional well-being. It shifts our perspective. It enhances our joy, reduces our stress, and improves our relationship. And I, I talked a little earlier about people coming in and, and wanting that hope. And it's very, very important that we have hope. Without hope, we will die. Without hope, we will just fade away. And people are looking for that. They're looking for, uh, they're looking for that, the optimism. And we can pray for guidance. All right, so pray until you, you know, we can pray, and eventually God's going to answer. Yes, no, or he'll be silent for a while, okay? But at some point, you're going to receive that guidance, and we can express our concerns. But most importantly, we can find purpose. We can find purpose in our prayers, Amen. all right? As we connect with our emotions, yes. and we can know, hey, I got new clarity, all right, I, I didn't know this before. I, I didn't have this word before, but, but God gave me a word. He gave me something I can, I can hold on to. And now I have a sense of purpose when I leave, when I leave this prayer closet. Amen. And then one of the best things about that hope is that conversation with God. Who here, just, who here just opens up with God? Who just lets him have it? Anyone? All right, Brother Art. Anyone else? How about praying? Have you, have you ever prayed to God to just talk to him like you would a normal person? Sure. No, but we got to get into the these and the thous and the shema and we got to get into all, you know, we think we got to, we got to get into Psalms and doing like the, the King James version prayers. We don't need that. I don't think that Adam and Eve, when they were walking in the garden with God, were, were talking like that. All right. I don't know what language they were speaking back then, but they were communicating. They were communicating one on one. All right. So it's very important that we have that open dialogue, to receive that renewed strength, that renewed comfort. And then, of course, trusting in God's plan. When there's something, there's something about when we surrender and we put our full trust in God. Because it means that we are acknowledging a higher purpose than what we have, right? You've heard that saying, you want to uh, make God laugh, tell him what your plans are. That means I have made God laugh so many times in the last decade because I have plans, right? However, I just got to surrender and trust and, and believe that he has my, my best intentions in mind for me and my family, okay? And then we can be assured of God's goodness because when we trust in his plan, it's based on the assurance of his goodness and love. See, we are adopted children of God. He's always going to love us. He's always going to care for us. And when you have that perspective, when you're going through adversity, when you're going through a trial and you got the mind monsters coming at you, all right, we can trust in God's goodness. We are sure. What's that song? I, I know I, 
my, my wife has been listening to these, these older songs recently, these older hymns that we used to sing, and, and it's just bringing back so many emotions. And it's like, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. All these old songs, and I'm like, that's where I want to go back to, right? These, these new gospel songs that are congregate, we sing, they're wonderful. But there's something about going back to those old hymns that used to mean something to us personally. Yeah. Talking about the blood, sure. you know, talking about I will not be denied. And, and all these different songs we used to sing that just bring back and evoke motion to me. And I, I can say, okay, I can do this, God. I can do it. Amen. And of course, patient waiting. Oh, that's, that's something hard. I won't talk about that today. But being patient and waiting, yes, sir. which I am not good at. But some of the negative, let's look at the negative emotions, grief and loss. All right. We can find God's solace in his presence and take spiritual refuge and connect with him, even in times of, of pain and suffering. Because again, we can have that honest expression of, of, of pain to him. And again, he will not judge us when we go to him like that. We can, we can approach God with anger. All right. We can tell God that we're angry. We can tell God that it's hard for us to forgive right now. There's, we need to forgive. We need to release that. And God is going to give us guidance in that journey of forgiveness. He is going to give us guidance in that journey of moving through our anger. And we're, you know, we're asking God for guidance. We're at, we're, we're trying to understand what God's forgiveness is so that we can forgive other people. And then we're asking for empathy. God, you know, don't sympathize with me, but empathy. Give me a, uh, you know, give me empathy for this person. Give me a compassionate heart. Help me to pray for them. Give me the strength to forgive. We won't go into meditation, but meditation is a very important part of also the, the emotional well-being. So, but lastly, what I want to hit here is an uh, uh, intercessory prayer. Prayer. That is a, a form of prayer where we pray for others on the behalf of others, yeah. lifting up needs. And it's hard to be depressed. It's hard to be uh, angry. It's hard to be, you know, whatever, when we are, we are praying for other people and lifting up needs of other people. And you can, yourself can come through things just by praying for other people. The spiritual dryness that we might, you know, we all go through ups and downs in our journey. Uh, but there's a spiritual dryness that sometimes comes about, and we may not, we may be like a ship without a rudder for a while. But it's important that we continue to maintain that routine of prayer. Yes. Continue to engage in spiritual reading. Take some time off for a spiritual retreat. All right? And also with the seasons of perceived distance from God, the same thing. Be patient. God hasn't left you. All right? There's just a period of dryness. There's just a period of silence. And know that God is still there. Yes. Know that you can get rest assured in his promises because he's not going to leave you. And we can deal with all the uncertainties. We can deal with all the doubts. We can deal with the difficult times and because we know that God is there. That God has never left us. He is not going to forsake us. And that when we go to the, to the throne room and we open up an honest and open dialogue with him, He's going to listen. And we will leave that place changed forever. All right. I have, I like the class participation. Okay. Who here likes group exercises? No one? What? 
No, no, no. Extra fries. Extra fries, not exercise. All right, so it's quiet in here right now, okay, except for me talking. It's comfortable. All right, so I want everybody to sit up straight. All right, from the top of your head down to your feet, I want you to just relax, all right? Just let, just let your arms go, your hands go. Um, you know, get that frown off your face. Just, just let it go, all right? What I want you to do, I want you to take a deep breath in through your nose, counting to four. Hold your breath for a count of four. And then exhale slowly through your mouth, counting to four. Just do that a few times. Just feel the calmness. We're in the presence of God. He's here. Just relax in his presence. You're safe. You're in a sacred space right now. Nothing can happen to you. All right? Now what I want you to do in the silence of your heart, I want you to identify and name the emotions you are currently experiencing. They could be joy, sadness, anxiety, gratitude, whatever. I want you to acknowledge them, though, without judgment. Don't judge yourself when you mention it. In the silence of your heart, I want you to identify and name those emotions that you're feeling. Now that you have identified them and named them, imagine handing them over to God. I want you to actually visualize yourself offering those emotions to him as of just placing those in his loving hands. Can you imagine that? And now silently, just pray something like, or you, can, you, know, you can whisper it out, Dear God, I surrender these emotions to you. I trust you with my feelings the good and the bad, please guide me and comfort me in the midst of my emotions. After you've done that, I want you to take a moment and think about the specific blessings in your life, both big and small. What are you grateful for today? You've now surrendered emotions, now express gratitude. What are you grateful for today? And I want you in your heart to express your gratitude to God for those blessings. And now you can open your mouth. You can speak to him as if you were just having a personal conversation. Go ahead and thank him for his goodness. Allow your heart to be filled with gratitude for the gifts that surround you. Do you feel better? I'm sure you felt good already because you were in a time of prayer, but now just maybe there's something specific that you didn't, you didn't get through today. All right? I already see people yawning. You know what that means? Not only is you, you just relax. You're, you're good. All right? I love it. The last thing, structured prayer. Most prayers that we do, we acknowledge the adversity, which we're going to call the letter A, and perhaps the pain and suffering of the individual, of us, which is, we'll call C. And then we proceed to ask God either to change A, the adversity, to a more pleasant one, or to grant us the ability to accept the suffering as part of God's plan. However, sometimes we ignore our contribution 
to that pain and suffering. What is, what is our contribution to that? That's our irrational beliefs. All right? We approach, we approach God with irrational beliefs. And this erroneous emotional response, our equation is reinforced by thinking, well, if this happens, I can't help but feel this way. But God, we know you can change it, and I'm going to feel better either way. All right, so we're just going to use an alternative form of prayer where, you know, as, as we work with Christian clients here, um, you know, prayer is important, of course, and desirable. But we're going to early within our prayer acknowledge, acknowledge the adversity and acknowledge what it is causing to the person. And then we're going to name the irrational beliefs, all right? Which, you know, we'll, we'll go into that in a minute. And then we're going to name the corresponding rational beliefs and then ask for God's help achieving a more rational belief. Okay, so if you look in there, there's a structured prayer sheet. Okay, I don't have the structured prayer. Somebody have that folder? The structured prayer, yeah, thank you. All right. So when you do structured prayer, you begin your prayer by acknowledging the specific adversity you're facing and what you're feeling about that. Be open and honest. And then we're going to identify and name irrational beliefs. So when you do that, you take a moment to identify any irrational beliefs that might be contributing to your emotional response. These beliefs are often demanding, absolutist, unrealistic. So clearly name these beliefs. What that means is that uh, you're talking about negative emotions, about anger and unforgiveness. You're, you're talking about things that just, you're talking about things that, as they're, that they're going to happen that even haven't even happened yet, okay? So these are rational beliefs that we bring into our prayers. All right, then we're going to identify and, and, and corresponding rational beliefs, all right, about how great God is, about how good he is, about how powerful he is, and about what he can do. All right, then we're going to seek God's guidance and support. All right, so for example, here's a prayer. Dear God, I come before you acknowledging the challenges I am facing. That, and so you talk about the A, the adversity, and the difficult emotions I am experiencing. All right? So you can talk about the sadness. You can talk about the, the, uh, the, the stress. I recognize I have been holding on to irrational beliefs that are contributing to my distress. Now, you're not going to pray just like this, all right? But you're going to pray something like this. I name these beliefs and take responsibility for my part in creating these negative emotions. All right, because negative emotions will take away from what God can do in your life. All right, because you'll focus solely on the negative. I now choose to replace these irrational beliefs with rational ones. Instead of demanding perfection, I choose to accept that my imperfections and limitations. I replace rigid expectations with realistic ones, knowing that life is full of uncertainties. And now... God, I pray for your strength and wisdom to help me embrace these irrational beliefs. Guide me in transforming my emotional response to align with your truth. I trust that as I work towards adopting healthier beliefs, my emotions and well-being will improve. Okay, so you hear 
all right, they say, I have this issue, and I know I'm contributing to it, but help God. So when we talk about cognitive behavioral therapy or um, dialectic behavioral therapy, we talk about all that. What are we doing? We're trying to change the brain to think, right? We're trying to change the mind, all right? The mind is a, can be a terrible place for people, all right? Where they go to, what they think. So we want to change, we want to change stinking thinking. We want to change that. That hasn't even happened to you yet. That, that's not true. That's not going to happen, okay? God, God loves you. God doesn't hate you. He's not bringing us on you because you did something wrong, all right? Life has full of uncertainties. Things happen. So let's change the mindset and say, all right, God, I know these are there. But I'm going to put them rational, these rational thoughts now, how good you are, how assured I can be of your goodness and grace, how I know you're powerful, how I know you hear and answer my prayer. That is what we want to change when we're praying. Instead of focusing on our negative emotions, to focus on positives of who God is. And lastly... All right, we got a, just a couple minutes here. This dynamic prayer for overcoming adversity, I just want to know if someone wants to try it. Now, you don't have to mention something specific going on in your life. You just want to try it and let other people hear it, hear you do it. Maybe you, uh, you saying it will help you in some way. Anyone want to try it? Go ahead, bro. All right, so you got the dynamic prayer? Yeah. All right, so you're going to follow, just follow the steps. Okay, so go ahead and stand up. So we can uh, hear you. Dear Heavenly Father, in this moment I come before you to briefly describe the adversity that I'm facing in my life. So just describe the, the adversity you're facing. Um, bills, work. Okay. I am, I, am, I am open and honest before you and about my negative emotions and behaviors that, that have been stirred by adversity. I, I acknowledge them without reservation. So what negative emotions and behavior ha, uh, have come about because of the bills and work? Frustration. Okay. Anger. Okay. Lord, I lay before you the unhelpful and ungodly thoughts and, and beliefs that I have been holding about this situation. I, I admit that I have allowed these thoughts to cloud my perspective and, and hinder my trust in you. So what are some of those unhelpful or uh, unhelpful beliefs that have hit your brain. Not leaving it at the altar. Okay. Taking it back. Okay. With your strength and guidance, I now dis dispute these unhelpful and ungodly beliefs. I, I, I turn to your word, which reminds me of your promises and truths. Your word says. He's quoted scripture. What does the word say no about it? There you scripture. go. I choose to stand on these promises and reject the negative beliefs that, that have held me captive. Okay, so I want you to dispute those or argue against those beliefs. Go ahead, dispute them, you argue know, against them. You know, uh, stress, anxiety, it's not going to hold me down. Mm -hmm. It's not going to prevent me from trusting in the yeah. Lord. Yes, Amen. okay, awesome. Father, I humbly ask for your grace and help to embrace the helpful and godly beliefs that align with your will. I want to see this adversity through your eyes and trust in your ultimate plan for my life. I know that you are with me, yeah. and I believe that. All right, what godly beliefs 
do you want to adapt? What are the helpful beliefs? I want to I want to adapt trust. I want to adapt you know walking walking by faith. Okay. All right. Awesome. Father, I, I, I I'm sorry. It's okay. Just at the end there. Okay. In the name of Jesus, sir. Amen. Jesus name. All right. So, what did you think about when you were hearing Brother Tony pray that? It's a little structured. Probably know what not we're not used to, right? But it's something to give you a step-by-step breakdown, those building blocks, all right? When you're facing adversity, when you're facing trial, all right? Just to help you form more positive beliefs and 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 help your emotional well-being, all right? So um, these handouts, so for you, I have plenty. Uh, uh, Brother Brother Art said, hey, just make like 40 copies of each. So I did. (laughs) So I have plenty. I want you to take them. I want you to use them. Um, you know, you can use these in your, uh, your small groups when you're praying at the end, you know, you can talk about these types of prayers or whatever. Um, and when people are bringing us up, you say, Hey, let's pray again. Let's pray against that adversity. All right. And you have a step-by-step given to people, take them, don't leave them in your garage or your car. Like I do accidentally sometimes. Um, so, uh, I have, pl- again, I have plenty of handouts. One of the things, um, we're not going to go over it, but this is a Christian acceptance paradox. So what is a paradox? It's a mystery. The world doesn't know why we believe the things we believe. How can you be so calm? How can you be so reassured when things are falling apart? Well, like a paradoxical principle, number one, surrender leads to strength. The world doesn't understand that just surrendering to God, surrendering our issues, actually makes us more strong. All right? And there's a paragraph in there to read, and there's some scripture. Um, it's the nearly inspired version. I'm sorry, I should have went with something else, but... Uh, it's the NIV, but you can read those scriptures in whatever uh, format that you want. But again, use these handouts. They're yours. All right. And God bless you. Brother Art, do you want to take over? Thank you, Brother Paul Cobb. You know, that is literally 